This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Revelry with Will and High Five Tom. Well, what up, High Fivers? Uh, this is your boy, High Five Tom. Um, and I've got my very good friend here, Mr. Uh, You're Too Slow Will. Will, how are you this evening? No, it's not. I, I am the one who's too slow. But Tom, I'm, I'm, this is a really shitty segue, but you know who's not too slow? It's Superman. And our guest has some kind of hanging on the wall, but I can't quite see it all. Uh, so let me introduce our guest, Joe Evans. The infamous Asian Joe of the another family member of the Shining Wizards Discord. Uh, but Joe, how are you this evening, my friend? Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's good to have you on. Sorry it took us a little while. Um, I'm glad we were able to finally make this work. So, Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, but Will and I have met Joe through, like we said, like we, uh, like a lot of our guests, you know, Joe is definitely part of uh, the Shining Wizards podcast Discord family that we've kind of dubbed ourselves. But uh, Joe is the newest member of uh, one of our family members, the Mark Orr. Joe, you want to tell us how that kind of went down a little bit? I know it's a Ring of Honor podcast, but fuck it, we do what we want. So, I mean, they're kind of tandem, right? Like, you know, yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Or um, never, so. No, I didn't. I kind of really caught on to the Mark Order podcast a little, probably maybe a year and a half, two years ago now, and um, kind of a dedicated listener and really involved with that, and did some guest spots with them in this past couple months, and uh, apparently they felt sorry for me and thought, "Hey, you obviously don't have a life. Come be a co-host with us and talk wrestling for multiple hours on a Wednesday night." So, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, Joe's definitely used to, because, I mean, you guys usually go at least two, three, four hours, right? It's about, I think it's about two and a half, three hours usually. Yeah. Now, were, I mean, you were you a day one Mark Order guy, like, even before it was uh, called the Mark Order? No, I was a little late to the party, so. Okay. Yeah, because I remember when they, they read, because uh, it was just the post-Dynamite show when, uh, Shining Wizards was just doing extra COVID coverage, and then uh, they did this big thing where, um, yeah, the post show's over, blah, 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 and Ant Money got me. I'm like, you motherfucker. They just rebranded it, and I was like, ah, you cocksucker. So, um, but Joe, yeah, we are very glad to have you on, my friend. Uh, this is gonna be a good time, but uh, Will, real quick, uh, how's your week been, buddy? Uh, just, just rolling with the punches, Tom. Long weeks every week now. Doesn't look like that's changing anytime soon. So, uh, you know, yippee skippy. I want to I get back on getting off track. 
Joe, is that a Superman poster on your wall? I am very curious. Well, first of all, were we ever on track to begin with? No. Okay. Not, um, not when I'm around, despite Tom's efforts. Superman. So or it's the the one in the middle. I because yeah. the S kept catching my eye, and then I, I was trying to read through the Zoom because I'm a mm-hmm. creep. Well, for the people who are listening to this audio, I'm sure it's going to be. I'll I'll try to paint you a picture of <laughs> the wall behind me, the off beige shell colored wall behind me that houses a few framed. Uh, Images of Nebraska football-related items since I'm from Nebraska, and that one in the middle that Will is referring to is um, is for Indomitian Sue, so oh. Sue Superman. Gotcha. Okay. So not actual Superman. Well, that's right, I'm that's more right. of a ba- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'll just say I'm more of a Batman person anyway. So. Hell yeah. We do really like comics on this show, so Will is definitely kind of. Kind of sparked that that fire in me a little bit. So, um, yeah, and I forgot. So, you were, are you uh, are you are you a Batman reader as well as a Batman watcher? I I haven't gotten to. I've kind of fell out of comics probably junior highish time frame of my life. So, not a, not a hardcore reader anymore of the comic books. Is that like my reading? started more recently and it started out with I don't really read anything that's like ongoing I'm more so like if I see some kind of like mini series thing or it's like oh this is going to be like a limited run like 7 to 10 issues kind of thing I'm like you know I'll invest in that I can get behind that but they're like people are like I've been I've got like Spider-Man 1099 it's like not too much for me like that's too much of a commitment <laughs> Yeah, Joe, if you get a chance, um, plus a, one of Will's favorites that he got me into was uh, the Doer uh, Do a Powerbomb comic book series. is really fucking cool. I can't, okay. I can't put that over enough. So, it's obviously wrestling related. So, sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah, Will and our boy uh, Daniel Warren Johnson looks like he was at least at all out this weekend. He was at all out. He definitely goes to the the AW shows when they're in Chicago. So, well, um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, Joe, how's your week been, buddy? Uh, wasn't too bad. I mean, you know, it's kind of bookends, right? Because we had All In last Sunday. And then, you know, we had some wrestling in between there. Um, yeah, the Labor Day weekend, All Out. Um, you know, I was talking to you before we hit record and talking about being a grown-up and getting some a new washer and dryer. So if if oh, I yeah. if I wasn't middle aged yet, that really put a stamp on it. <laughs> Joe's adulting, so. So it's funny that you we mentioned like the AEW shows, but like there's a there's I don't want to say like a, a scuttle in like the Discord because we had to do like Discord picks, and none of us in the Discord picked. Uh, was it Payback or whatever the WWE just did? I didn't even realize it was happening until I saw something about it. I'm like, oh shit, there's a WWE show going on right now. Didn't even know. Yeah, it happened. I mean, it wasn't anything special. And All Out was better than what people expected. And, you know, half of it, I feel like half of that probably ROH matches anyway on All, all, all Out. 
Yeah, I mean, God forbid they'd actually defend the Ring of Honor title tag team titles on Ring of Honor TV. It's a but, novel idea. Yeah. You know, friend of the show, uh, both shows actually, Mr. Kyle K. Sparks was yeah brought that. I don't think the Lucha Brothers ever actually defended the Ring of Honor tag team titles on Ring of Honor TV. But that's enough. So um, I am actually pretty close to Chicago. For those of you that don't know, um, you know Milwaukee's only ninety minutes away. I didn't go see anything all um, AEW, but I did go say to see AAW. Um, and will I actually send you a couple pictures of this? But uh, in the main event, uh, my boy Mance Warner. Uh, shit, I don't have my picture up. Uh, Close personal friend of High Five. Okay, maybe not close personal friend, but was taking on Robert Ego Anthony in the main event, and uh, he was about two shining wizards living shit out of uh, Mr. Eagle because uh, it was a bar- no rope barbed wire match, and uh, the lights went out, and then actually uh, Mr. John Moxley showed up. Um, I'm not a humongous John Moxley fan, uh, but just to see him at our shitty little indie was fucking awesome. So. And then I came home and went, worked for the rest of the weekend because, you know, that's what people do for Labor Day weekend, so. Yeah, Robert, Robert Anthony's one of his buddies, right? Yeah, I did not realize that, so, yeah. Is he the dude who was on, like, pandemic era, like, AEW Dark, who, he's like a teacher? I don't know. Am I thinking of the same guy? I don't think so. A teacher? What do I know? There was a guy who was on like that, and I want to say he wrestled Mox on like a dark whatever. Like he knew Mox, and his students all lost their mind when they saw that he was wrestling Moxley. Because some of them, most of them didn't know that he was a wrestler outside of stuff. I could be mixing up people, but I thought that's who it was. Oh, I was going to say, because he runs a wrestling school, so I didn't know if it meant those guys' students, but I don't know, maybe. Pay no attention to me. I don't know anything. I don't well, take notes. Well, what was you, the guy? What was the name? I, I googled it, and it looks like teacher Robert Anthony. Oh, well, it's uh, his uh, this gig is Robert Ego Anthony is his gimmick name. Okay, yeah, it says like a Sports Illustrated article about Robert Anthony's summer vacation from teaching was spent wrestling in AEW thanks to his old friend John Moxley. Well, will it's uh, holy shit. Well, Will, you're right. You know, the blind squirrel finds himself a nut every now and then. You know, boys? Oh, boy. No shit. Wow, I had no idea. That's fucking cool. So that was pandemic era then, huh? Yes. Well, we'll see. That was like August 2020-ish, around that time. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Your new uh, international Atlantic... Whatever that belt's called. I mean, Orange Cassidy 31 defense is pretty fucking awesome, to be honest with you. you I know. saw clips, highlights from that match, and it was like, I'm not disappointed I didn't spend the money I didn't have to watch that pay-per-view, but it's like, that's the match I would want to see. And Samoa Joe Shandler, because that, that was so bad. I like that match. Just I wish I would have got we would have got more. You know, Joe. Obviously, I know you're going to talk about this all tomorrow night. But I mean, Shane really took it to Samoa Joe, which is fucking awesome. Uh, I am a humongous Shane Taylor fan. He's a, a great human being. But I wish that matches would have gone a little bit longer. But 
I don't know. That's what I was thinking, so. But well, Will. I mean, there's, oh, still, there's still a lot left, I guess. I mean, he can always rematch it up if, you know, and hopefully maybe he'll drop the belt to Shane. And then he can go and have a little feud with MJF. Now, that's interesting. Um, Will, did you see that at all? Or did you hear about that at all? Hear about what? So, um, MJF and Adam Cole were in the curtain jerker. They defended the Ring of Honor titles. Yep. And, uh, and then uh, they oh, were... Joe, Joe shoved MJF out of the way. Well. Interesting. I don't think there's any way that Joe's going to beat him, but that... It'd be, I mean, it'd be a good benchmark for MJF. I mean, it would also help kind of solidify that Ring of Honor. I mean, you could have chicanery too, right? It's like Becky Lynch is fighting somebody for the NXT title next week. It's like, it's like, it's a, it feels like a lose lose. Like you're either going to have Becky Lynch lose to some scrub on NXT or she's going to be your new NXT champ and she's going to be stuck on NXT. When you really kind of need her on your flagship shows to keep bringing viewers in. Yeah, Becky Lynch is the shit. So, is uh, I mean, she just had a she just had a hell of a cage match with Trish Stratus on a show that nobody watched. Joe, did you watch Payback at all? I did because I had no life on Saturday. So yeah, I I tuned in and watched it for a little bit. Yeah, because it sounds like KO and Sami Zayn lost the belts, huh? That they did. I love the same. So, anyways, we'll kind of bring it back here to some Ring of Honor. But, uh, Will, it sounds like we got a couple questions of Dishonor this week, huh? We do. And, Joe, I probably should have forwarded these to you before. Um, so, obviously, if you want to answer, you're more than welcome. Uh, but don't feel like you have to because I did not prepare you. That's well, a- the Brundon's question might be a little challenging for Joe. To answer if Joe is not kind of caught up in all the goings on of the Ring of Honor where we're at. But you might have an answer for SJ's question. Let's hear him. Tom, do you have SJ's question up already? Nope, but I'm pulling it up as we speak here. Great Uh, podcasting. Tom's Tom's supposed to be the prepared one, I'm the fun parent. All right. Oops. Wow. Okay, there we go. I see Mabel and Blanche. I I don't have her. Oh, here it is. I got it. So SJ at Carnival of Chaos with K's. Uh, What wrestler entrance music is your favorite from Ring of Honor? That's what it was. Um. Interesting. Uh, so, Joe, I know obviously you got a little bit of uh, limited exposure here, but uh, Ring of Honor does have pretty decent um, entrance music. Uh, do you have any thoughts on this question? Let me let me sit here and stew on it for a bit um, while you guys, you and Will, can kind of discuss, and I'll think if I can if anything pops in my mind. Um, Will, you know, like oh, we man. we t- well, I mean, so uh, many, so many. So many great choices. We really liked uh, to Darius Thomas's old music, that move song by the guy whose name I can't remember. Uh, was that like trampoline or something like that? Yeah, trampoline. That's what it is. Ooh, nice work, Sunshine. 
Um, no, you're you're. I mean, like homicides come out to hate breed. Yeah. Uh, you you know, Mike uh, Bennett song like that. The Suffer Unto Me is is classic at this point because he's used it hit the whole run. And I know you really like Red Dragon's music too, don't you? Oh yeah, the the damn the damn Valentines. They they do a couple Ring of Honor themes, but that that one's definitely a standout. I mean, unsettling differences. I was gonna say there there's only one answer though. I mean, really, um, Kevin Steen's music. I mean, it was the it was a theme song for our show for uh, the first couple months. Uh, but yeah, Blue Smock Nancy and Unsettling Differences is by far the and best. Then the- so. Then like the later stuff that Indian Head did, like they did the Foundation theme, they did the the Beer City Bruiser song. Oh, nice. Okay. Another super catchy one is I really liked the one that the Addiction used. I thought I thought that was that was a a great song for them. Yeah, and uh, one we kind of forgot about because we haven't fucking seen him in forever was that uh that real fucking dirty hip hop song the Bravado Brothers used to come out to. That little North Carolina hip hop going on there, so um but yeah, by far it's definitely unsettling differences. I mean Blue Smock Nancy and is a couple years away from it, but also uh the song that I don't think Hansen used it when we saw him last week or the week before, but the the song that Hansen and like War Machine end up using. Oh that 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 got a lot of plays. But it's so hard to pick. You have all the songs that um, the fellow did. I don't remember his name. Like, like Taylor's theme, and then he did the theme for the promotions. He used a different one. Like, yeah, there's one, so many great choices. One of my personal favorite <laughs> hip hop artists, uh, Vinnie Paz, did a song for uh, for Bull James, and Bull James was in Ring of Honor for there in uh, mid two uh, 2015. So, uh, Joe, you got any picks for us? I will just go with. I don't know if it's my favorite one, but it's one that comes to mind since we share the same name. I'll go with the Samoa Joe's like early early one, the championship oh, nice. one. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah! And I like a lot of Roddy Roddy Strong's entrance, like his music. I mean, I, I'm I kind of like the the death metal sound so a lot of his stuff i've enjoyed he's, he's got that misery index right now this, this time period of regular yep nice i was going through that article he sent us thanks joe so yeah robert anthony no shit eh um but yeah Not obviously it. um sj make sure everyone uh sj is a huge supporter of ring of honor Revelry. uh make sure you are following uh carnival of chaos on the twitter machine and also uh, their podcast platform, along with former guest and future guest, uh, Bauer, Mr. Bauerhausen. So, general, if you're listening to the 90s, the 90s, or the nostalgia 90s podcast, yeah, you should check it out. So, I'm assuming the 90s kind of right in your wheelhouse, too. Yeah, I've, I've caught a couple episodes, and yeah, it's very, it, it is what they claim to be. It's very nostalgic. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, a couple of uh, Wizard Podcast Discord homies, so. Um, but we didn't get anything from Rob this week, did we? I didn't see anything. Did I didn't see anything. No, it, it was probably late notice because I only posted yesterday that we were recording today. So Rob may not have got 
about it in, in time. So, but I'm sure he'll he'll bless us with a question next week. Maybe two. So, or he'll um, or he'll hit us with one tomorrow, and we'll have oh, the week's time to hopefully have <laughs> an answer. Um, yeah, but I think I did mention it last week. It is uh, the end of um, Rob's uh, untaking the territory. Uh, so they are done, but I'm sure there's going to be some awesome content coming up here. Um, but I do have Brundon's question. And let's Joe, this might be a little tough for you, but feel free to chime in if you want. Um, but Brundon's question is, if you can take one person out of the tournament, who would it be and who would you replace him with? Um, and Brundon's taking out ACH. Only because, as I said, they are focusing on tag teams, and he's in one. Uh, in goes QT Marshall. He can have a good match with a top guy and not get hurt, and not get hurt by the loss. Um, Will, do you have anybody you take out, or who would you take out? I mean, I would take out ACH as well, just because ACH doesn't feel like he's at the level of the other folks in this tournament. <coughs> I think that's a spot you could have used like maybe another outside name or someone like a QT Marshall if you're trying to make him a more prominent uh, more prominent spot. Like I love ACH, but like the fact that he kind of got in with like a play-in match and it's like he just doesn't feel like he's ready in, yet. in that world title picture. Yeah. Uh, Joel, are you familiar with uh, QT Marshall at this time? Obviously, watching AEW, you're, you're familiar with him now, but. Uh, wasn't horribly, terribly familiar with him at this time. No, his, yeah, not his ROH time period. He is a lot of fun. He's really kind of been our sleeper pick. Um, definitely kind of the breakout star for 2013. I mean, I don't mean to speak for Will, but Will, would you agree? Yeah, he's. There's glimmers there. He's just settled with a mouthpiece when he really doesn't need one. Yeah. And yeah, you yeah, you'll get to miss that one, Joel, so you don't get any QT Marshall and RD Evans this week. But uh for me, um this is a tough one. I thought I'd just take out Matt Taven just because he's the T V champ. Uh let him be the T V champ, let him shine. Uh we don't need any, you know, Maddie two belts or anything. Uh, but I would maybe I'm just biased. Maybe I wanted to make a comeback, but maybe Mike Mondo. I mean, um, there isn't a lot of people to really choose from that aren't in the tournament. Um, besides, you know, like Mike Mondo. I mean, in QT Marshall, the only people that aren't in it. Um, actually, no, fuck it. Replace him with Adam Page. Yeah. He he lost his playing match though. Yeah, whatever. I mean, then he could just you know he could not have a playing match and just you know be in the tournament. So I know it, they weren't really announced ahead of time, but we saw them at uh, All Star Extravaganza. But what if there was an Eddie Kingston or a Homicide in the mix? Ooh, yeah, announced ahead of time. Would that would that cheapen their appearance at All Star? Well, you wouldn't have been able to have their appearance at All Star Extravaganza because they would have had tournament matches potentially, unless they were bounced in the first round. Yeah. Eh. I don't know. But listen, yeah, they're, they are trying to yeah. focus on the tag team. So. Mondo's a good pick. I'm fine with Taven being there because we're seeing kind of the trend up for Matt Taven where he's maybe less of a joke, kind of like breaking out from just being like the, the guy with Truth Martini kind of spot. And he's 
starting to look a little more like standing on his own. Yeah, he has a really good match that we're going to talk about later on this, in this episode. So, Should have been CM Punk. How about that? <laughs> but I think CM Punk was a little abstracted at this time. So, um, I don't know. I just like to, I would just like Taven to focus on that TV title, if that makes sense. Grizzly Redwood. I mean, there's not a lot of options. They had to bring in a couple extra guys. So, and Brian Kendrick and, and Paul London. I thought maybe just replace him with, you know, I mean, I love Brian Kendrick, but I thought maybe replace him. But, um, Joe, with your, your limited exposure to this uh, this heavyweight title tournament, do you have anybody that you'd want to replace out of there? Unless, it obviously, you, you know, you're not watching consistently, so. Yeah, not watching consistently. I don't have a great answer for you on that one. So I will defer to your both of your expertise. Well, let's, uh, you said. Let's, well, let's open this up for, for Joe a little bit here. So if we're pulling outside, like you on the TV that we're going to talk about, I saw some tournament matches. You kind of get the vibe that has got right now. Pull somebody from Impact or WWE, like let's say, like that, like let's say that shackle is off, and you could bring somebody in. Who would, uh, who would you like to see in the mix? Bring someone into the tournament. Hmm. Man, throwing things at me I wasn't prepared for. Real quick, I've got. I can't believe I didn't think it's just because they've been in a tag team, but. Uh, somebody we've been wanting to push for for forever, but uh, you can replace ACH with Cedric Alexander. I love Cedric Alexander, so. Yeah, but I really want him to have their tag title match. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. They should have had the belts by now. But, yeah, for at least a couple months, so. <sighs> but you got anybody, Joe? During the so anyone pretty much anyone in the professional wrestling landscape around this time, right? Yeah, hell yeah. Huh. To replace Mike, to replace Michael Elgin, we'll say because I know you see Michael Elgin today mm-hmm. twice actually. Hmm. Let's which, go. Which would be yeah. kind of funny because Michael Elgin's like the, the head honcho of this whole tournament. So let's. Row in, let's row in like an angle just for fun wrestling matches. Kurt <laughs> Angle and Ring of Honor would be a lot of fucking fun, right? It it would be if we could have got Perk Angle in the Ring of Honor. Let's do it. Like Angle versus Davy Richards, um, Angle versus Roddick Strong, um, shit, Angle and Owens would be fucking magic. I like Kurt Angle. Angle's That's- great. I, I saw a clip from him earlier where they're talking to him about how much he loves milk, and apparently Kurt Angle actually hates milk. <laughs> and all really? the milk stuff was a was a Vince McMahon machination. I mean, I mean, it makes sense, but he hates he hates milk. They're like, "Well, you drank so much of it." He's like, "Did I really drink that much of it?" He's like, "Or did you just see me pouring it all over myself?" Yeah, kind of like a Stone Cold thing, like you know. You, you- Slam the beers and you kind of pour it over your face, and you might drink a little bit of it. But maybe Kirk's lactose intolerant. Well, he is obviously, but that'd be maybe classic. physically he is. I mean, 
Tom and I had a discussion about milk a couple weeks ago, so that'd be classic Vince McMahon. So, yeah, yeah. Let's let's give the guy that's lactose intolerant the fucking milk. You're an Olympic hero, damn it! You got to drink milk. <sighs> yeah. So, uh, but obviously, thanks again, SJ. Um, and obviously, thank you, Brendan. You can find, like I said, you can uh, follow SJ at uh, the Carnival of Chaos on Twitter. Um, and you can also follow Brunden at the Irish Misfit on Twitter. Uh, but generally, we got some uh, some TV to go over here. Um, so Ring Good of Honor, Ring of Honor, episode one oh three, original air date September seventh, two thousand thirteen. Um, Joe, do you remember what you're doing September seventh, two thousand thirteen, by any chance? Well, let's see. That was been ten years ago in September. I was still married at the time. So it feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like 10 years doesn't seem that far, but then again, it does seem that far away. So, yeah, I was just wrapping up my first uh, my first summer as a general store retail sales manager. Well, I know I always ask you, but uh, you're probably going back for what, your second semester of college or your second year? Uh, 20, 2013? September, yeah. Uh, 09, 10, 10, 11, 11, 12, 12, 13. So I'd be in my, uh, I'd be winding down. I'd be on my, what should have been my last year. Okay. Well, you can count better than the people in Toronto, but we'll get to that in a little bit later here. So, um, but this episode is emanating, uh, from Toronto, obviously as part of the all-star extravaganza taping. So these are not new matches. Um, but they do go to Toronto a lot, which is, I thought was kind of cool, but our first match here, uh, sleeper match that I personally was looking forward to, uh, turns out they didn't really have much of a rivalry in AAW. I thought they would have, uh, but Tomasa Ciampa versus Silas Young and Joe, obviously you said you didn't realize that Ciampa was even in ring of honor, huh? Yeah. I just said, this kind of fell in the period of, I watched a little ring of honor in year prior to this, and then I watched some after this part, but like this must be the the chunk of time where I just didn't watch it. So yeah, there's a few Champa and some other ones and um later on that we'll talk about that I kind of forgot that were in ROH. Yeah, and uh I was I mean obviously Silas is from Milwaukee, somebody I do actually kind of know semi permanently. Uh but Will had talked about earlier Silas beat Adam Page uh for a play in match. Um you know and Silas is very te- uh, very popular with the crowd. Um, that is sarcasm, by the way. Um, but they do go uh, get a coat of honor. Uh, gets a little snarky. Uh, but I've never seen this before. But their fucking collar and or uh, collar and elbow tie up right in the beginning. Holy shit, Joe! What'd you think of that? It just it fits their style, like just to have like to take something so elementary and basic like that, and to like get it over that much where you make it look really intense and more than just like the standard thing you do to start a match, but they really elevated that into taking it outside the ring. And um, I think it really set the tone for the match. Yeah. I, I pop pretty huge. Will, what'd you think? I don't remember it from when I watched all-star, but when I, I, when I skimmed through TV, because even though you said it was just the tournament matches, I didn't know if maybe they throw in like some like inside ring of honor, if there's some like some promos that we didn't see before last time. So like watching on, 
on double speed was was a little funny, but yeah. I'm I'm down for that. I mean, like it fits like Joe's saying it fits both of their gimmicks. It it's something you would expect. It's like neither one of them is going to give like an inch. Like they're both like rough and ready brawler kind of guys, and it's like they're not going to back down. Yeah, I it, it was awesome, and um, it's impressive that they did not let go when they like went through the ropes that like, yeah. they, they were, they were able to hold that roll up from the outside, still be holding on to each other. Yeah. It makes you wonder if that is a call from the back or if that's something that those two worked on together. Cause it really looked like these two had great chemistry together. They must've, you know, fought each other somewhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, the crowd pops huge. Uh, you know, these two beat the living piss out of each other. Those goddamn fucking headbutts, though. Um, Joe, I'm not a big fan of headbutts, but that's another story for another time. But, uh, but yeah, a lot of great tit for tat. Uh, but in the end, uh, Ciampa's able to hit Proud Ciampa for the win. And uh, Silas, Code of Honor, nope. Silas is pissed off. And uh, Ciampa's going to face the winner of Bennett Whitmer. Uh, that was just kind of like the Cliff Notes message or uh, notes of the of the match. I really fucking enjoyed this match. I really, really did. You know, obviously, I wish they would have gotten like 10 more minutes. Um, but yeah, was there any spots or anything I missed, it, guys, that you'd like to talk about? Well, I like the fact yeah. that we were talking about how hard hitting it was. It felt like a classic, like, brawling match, right? So I think there might have been. Maybe one move off of the ropes, but everything else would be very like yeah. ground based. Um, and not talking about move, but just going back and looking at the presentation of, of Champa, like I kept looking at him, I kept getting this whole like, if I took, if I created a wrestler and put like Sean Spears and like Lance Archer together, <laughs> it's some Champa's like in that family tree. <laughs> During this era, so, but yeah, that's. I mean, it was, it was everything I expected. And Silas Young doesn't appear to ever age. I feel like he's always looked the same age. Yeah, so like he looks old here, but he looks the same now. If that makes sense. Yep. So, um, yeah, it was great. Will you got you got any other comments on this match? Oh, uh, this was. Uh, you can't go wrong. With with uh, when those two fellows are involved and the the nice compliment to each other's style, yeah, for sure. So and the crowd was super into it, so that was awesome to see too. So, uh, but real quick, we get a couple promos. But uh, Death Before Dishonor is going down in Philly. Uh, so the semifinals and finals of this tournament. Um, but Bennett's gonna win, and he's gonna save Ring of Honor. Uh, but Joel, this week, if you t- uh, if you text ROH. To today, you can get a picture of Marie Canellis. I still haven't got my picture yet. So I was, I, I, I was paying attention throughout this whole thing about like getting money or cash back or whatever. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. on the eight five five cash now. Yeah, the eight five five cash now. So, yep, uh, we definitely get that, and uh, we get the ad for. They're really pushing that uh, Sandy Fork Delaware DVD, which I'm gonna watch one of these days. I do own it, so. Uh, Joe, what's your opinion of the Briscoes? Obviously, we don't get anything on them on this episode, but I was a late, um, a late, a late to the party on the Briscoes as far as watching. I've had to go back and watch a lot of things. I didn't watch them in real time, so um, my appreciation of them 
is a little bit um, after the fact, after their main runs. Um, but I think they're, you know, they're a staple of ROH and they have a place in that history and um, they brought, you know, something different to that promotion to kind of put their stamp on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Actually, I didn't even ask you, Joe. So listen, obviously this is your, your first episode. Did you even understand why they're even having this tournament? Did they, did they kind of talk about that at all? I felt like they kind of mentioned something, but um, of taking the title off of of Jay. Yeah. So basically, yeah, so you, Jay's, oh, yeah, sorry, Will. You, Jay Briscoe uh, was kind of injured. He was able to come back and defend it at the last pay-per-view. But he he's injured. He's not clear to compete. So they were just going to award the belt to his number one contender, which would have been Michael Elgin. But Elgin said he didn't want a handout, basically. He wanted to earn the title. So he uh, asked Nigel in storyline to set up this tournament with, like, the, the toughest, you know, primo candidates for the, the heavyweight title. And he wants to beat all of them to get to win the belt. You know, as, as we discussed with our questions, like, we had some people, like, who got in, like, on playing matches or maybe they don't quite feel like they're they're fitting in the field, but the the roster's pretty pretty uh, pretty anemic at this point. So I mean that's with uh, Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards taking themselves out. Yeah, because those two are taking kind of taking themselves out to focus on the tag team division because um, that's kind of like one. It's kind of tough. Um, yeah. Like, obviously, WWF, I mean, one of the people that always compliments, you can watch a pay-per-view and get a feeling of why a match is happening. Ring of Honor doesn't really do that very much. They try, but they really want you tuning in every week. But if you're just starting there, um, so it's kind of like the gimmick of our show. But, um, yeah, but really- Ring of Honor produces a piss-poor TV show as far as, like, a TV show is concerned. Yeah, because I mean, because yeah, and Joe just said we've actually seen all these matches on different pay per view already. So it's like, what do you, but what, you know, we're gonna try and keep it positive. Um, our next match here, though, is talking about two, uh, Ring of Honor stalwarts is BJ Whitmer, uh, versus Michael Bennett. And real quick, I just want to ask you guys, because obviously BJ Whitmer recently being let go from AEW, does someone's future actions take away from their, uh, their performances in the past? Um, so, Joe, I'm assuming you kind of have somewhat familiar with what happened to B.J. Whitmer with AEW a couple months ago? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, basically, you're asking if, like, if you're, you're asking, can we separate the artist from the art? Yeah, especially if what they did happens in the future as opposed to the past. Right. Um, I, I still appreciate what happened in the past. Um and separate and still separating the person, uh, the the performer and the the character from, you know, the person, the the real life person and whoever and however they may be outside the ring. So uh, yeah, I still appreciate Whitmer's work in the ring. Yeah, I just will. What about you? I know we've we've obviously definitely discussed this with you know a couple other people too, but right. I mean, Elgin's the big one, right? Like this is kind of Elgin building up to being in his prime. I mean, he was 
one of the first when I when I first started dabbling in Ring of Honor, he he was one of the people I kind of latched onto to start with, and now it's kind of like you don't even really want to bring him up in conversation, where it's like, uh, it's... <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know, I've kind of soiled on BJ Whitmer, and I'm just trying to th- I'm trying to think if I'm separating his future he, actions. He's a cool, like he's a good wrestler, great wrestler. He's a, he's a great hand. I, I mean, we talked about it with Kyle. That match with him and Homicide from Main Event Spectacles oh, Jesus. was really, really good. But him as like a character, as like a person, never really stood out to me. And I honestly, before there was the news that he was let go, I didn't even remember he was with AEW. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not a huge... Like, he's a good hand. But, like, I'm not... I wouldn't necessarily say I'm going to go like out of my way for a BJ Whitmer match. Yeah. Um, but real quick, just kind of going over the match. Uh, so, Joel, this is actually uh, the rubber match between these two. Um, no, it's it's not Mike Bennett. It's now Michael Bennett. Uh, but the story of the match really is Maria, how she's pulling Bennett's strings and all that stuff. Um, and uh, it's funny how they're always talking how B.J. Whitmer's on this redemption tour, you know, from his drugs and alcohol. And it's kind of ironic now because 10 years later, Michael Bennett's on that redemption tour. Uh, couldn't be a nicer guy the couple times I met him. Um, yeah, Nigel being Nigel, the creeper comments with like, oh, Maria must really like it rough. I was like, um, well, no, that's, that's what she said. And it's like, oh, what do you think she means by that? It's like, oh, stop it. Stop it, you two. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. But there was a spot where she, where he like carries her out, like out, out from the yeah. side to the back, yeah. and he's carrying her and like spanking her. And like, uh, that didn't age well. Yeah, no. Uh, but these two obviously have great chemistry. Um, great back and forth as usual. But Maria takes her shoes off, uh, and distracts Todd Sinclair, but she leaves the shoe, but Nigel ain't having it. And like Joe said, basically Nigel picks her up off the ring, uh, and caveman's her, spanking her the whole time. Um, much to the chagrin of the mouth breathers, obviously it was not a popular decision uh, for all the incels in the crowd. Uh, but uh, the action spills to the apron where Bennett pile drives Whitmer, uh, and Sinclair calls to the bell. And uh, Mike, and I guess and it was tough to tell. Like the first time I watched this, like did Michael Bennett win? Uh, but yeah, I guess it looks like Bennett's. Uh, uh, they had to cut this short, and Michael Bennett won. So, um, gentlemen, did I forget anything? Is there anything you guys want to add besides all the creepiness and sexual assault going on here? Yeah, I had no idea Bennett won because I also like I I for some reason. If they did provide context, I missed it, but I didn't like had no idea Bennett won. Yeah, I, I didn't and I'm pretty sure that was the original plan regardless. Um that he was gonna win, but um but I guess uh, BJ Whitmer is actually hurt. They do address it on the next episode of TV, I'll just say that. Uh but Willie, you got any thoughts on this match? I know we kinda went over you know, I kinda bogarted it like I you know, like I like to do, so you know, Tom, you're the one with the notes. I'm I'm the one with the the internet connection, but this match didn't do a whole lot for me. Didn't do a whole lot for me the first time. Didn't really do any more for me the second time around. Um, I guess we'll call it a spoiler. But Joe, if you got some free time, you're gonna want to check out the the next round match between Bennett and Champa. That's a spoiler for when we get there. But that's a humdinger. Yeah. Obviously, with the, the main event of uh, the pay per view, you know who wins that match. But yeah, it was a great fucking match. Um, 
Chompa's just great. I'm I'm glad he's getting a little bit of a run here. But uh, but our main event for TV, gentlemen, um, is Paul London, the returning Paul London versus Michael Elgin, and uh, you know they kind of mentioned it, but Joe basically. Uh, Paul London had a match with Davey Richards where Davey Richards came off top rope uh, for a double stomp and literally stomped on Paul London's face. It was, yeah, I mean, it was fucking hot. You know, it was the middle of July, you know, accidents happened, but um, so yeah, that's kind of what that whole beginning promo was because this match was actually supposed to happen a couple months ago, but it worked out that way. Um, but Will, yeah, you got anything on not Davey Richards being a prick and stomping on Paul London's face? Nope. Yeah, and I mean the Paul London's I mean he did finish the match. Uh looked like Davey took care of him after that, but uh Paul London's great. So Joel, are you familiar with Paul London at all? Um a little, yeah, a little bit from I mean obviously his WWE time and yeah. then um very a little bit from from the indie scene. Yeah, because he just came back to Ring of Honor. I think it's been about ten years. Um, so, but it's it's good to see him, you know. And uh, they had a couple fun promos uh, before on the actual pay per view, but uh, um, I don't know my notes mean or something. To skip it, but uh, real quick, so uh, um, Kevin Kelly kind of shouts out that Paul London's got his winter beard because he's been wrestling in Australia, and obviously it's winter in Australia. I thought that was really funny. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a random guy with a Brewer's hat in the front row, so that was kind of cool. Um, you know, it was kind of cool. Nigel kind of broke down how after a wrestler gets a concussion, they can kind of be a bit gun-shy after that, you know, and obviously, you know, you get your bell rung like that, especially, I mean, Paul London's not brand new. Uh, so that was kind of cool, but I had a quick note on here that Toronto cannot count past 20. You know, Michael Elgin does a delayed suplex, and they're like, uh, 19, 20. So, so Freed's teach your people out of count. God damn it. So, um, but these two do mesh well, um, you know, and London wrestled a very smart match. Obviously he's not going to outpower fucking Michael Elgin. Um, but yeah. And you know, obviously the end, you know, very new Japan style ramped up, but after a few near falls, uh, Elgin gets a power bomb after London hits a shooting star. Um, yeah. And you know, so basically, uh, Michael Elgin's going on, but Joe, obviously, Unfortunately, I knew the result of this match before I saw it. Did you at any point think Paul London could actually pull this off at any point? Uh, no. The I mean, the quote, the, I, I bit a little bit on that last part with his last piece of offense with the, the poison around to the shooting star press. Um, I thought maybe he could do a quick, you know, surprise pin and win that way. But yeah, otherwise, going to the match, it's yeah, I had no, no illusion of him winning because. You know, unless he somehow fluked it out, and you know, it, it, it seemed like a basic like you know size, you know, giant man versus small guy storyline of a match, right? And uh, you know, the quickness of Paul versus the the brute strength of of Elgin. Um, yeah, have you have you seen much of Michael Elgin before this? Just some little highlights here and there, not like real in depth. Um, besides being a shitty human being, the motherfucker is. I mean, he is, he is fucking strong. That's the bottom line. Um, oh yeah, his shoulder blocks. I'm like, yeah, I believe his shoulder block would run <laughs> you over. Yeah, a, a thousand percent. I mean, like Keith Lee and Adam Cole. Um, but I, I fucking love this match. Uh, but Will, you got any thoughts on this one? No, I mean, didn't 
I didn't think Paul London was going to come out with a win, obviously, because this tournament was kind of set up to be the launch pad for Michael Elgin. So, I mean, what a shock it would have been to have him get bounced in the first round. Yeah. And what a maybe a, a great character, like a story point, right? If it's like, oh, I'm going to pass on the title. I want to earn it by winning this tournament and then get bounced in the first round. And to have him just go like monster heel after that. And he's just like getting in the way of like everybody's matches and just being a nuisance after that could have been really cool. But I mean, he's a baby face in ring of honor is like, Oh, the baby face. You're the good guy. You shake hands. And everybody's <laughs> happy. Yeah. Um, I thought I, I love the match. Listen, Paul London is great to watch. So uh, before we go on to our pay-per-view here, gentlemen, any other final thoughts? Um, Joel, like the, obviously the gimmick of the show here is like I said, if this is your first episode of, of ring of honor TV, uh, would this have hooked you at all? Would you keep watching? Yeah, I think it's it nice to have the the variety of matches at least. So you have like the opens with, you know, just your classic um, Rusin style match between Champa and, and Silas, and then you have a little bit more faster paced match with, you know, to bookend it with Paul London and, and Elgin. Um, so yeah, I think I would have you know tuned in if I liked wrestling to begin with. Nice. Yeah, it's 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 tough because obviously Will and I we've we've seen these already, so it's good to get a, a fresh perspective. So, Will, if this is your first TV match, would you ever uh, TV Ring of Honor TV? Would you keep watching? I don't know, because I don't know if in 2013 just a handful of good matches would have been enough to make me want to commit to watching more. Like, we had no, there was no promo bits, there was really no, which sometimes Ring of Honor's promos at this, especially in this time, is, like, if there's a promo, it's usually just filler. Yeah. But I feel like, again, we talked about with Graham, like, the, the big weakness of Ring of Honor puts on good matches, but a terrible TV program. Uh, Joe, Tom and I don't really keep up with the TK ring of honor. Mm-hmm. Um, have you, are you, do you keep up with like the, the new episodes of ring of honor that come out? Is it still kind of the same thing where it's just kind of like a bunch of matches or do you feel like they're putting a little more um, of the extra stuff in there to make it more of a compelling TV program? I don't keep up with it very often, very much um, to be consistent with my lack of keeping up with it back in 2013. <laughs> um, but I feel like they they do have a little bit more storylines with the with the TK version of you know it feels like it's very like TK's version of ROH is like reminds me of like WWECW like kind of a, you take one classic entity promotion and kind of you know that's a great like, way to describe it water it down a little water it down and but it does feel a little bit more storyline focused since you know I feel like it just that's how they book. So that's a great way to describe it. Can't believe I didn't. I mean, I can't believe I didn't think of it myself. But that's why we bring in the experts like Joe. Yeah, that's. I mean, for expert analysis like that. So, uh, but for the main event, um, actually, here real quick, uh, we're gonna plug all of our friends here um, on the Visionaries Global Media. Uh, so make sure you're checking out all the great shows here on Visionaries Global Media. 
uh, the band from Ringside. So obviously Jason, uh, Bill and Zach on that show, uh, Matt Graham over and uh, Nishkai Ryan over at Good Cop, Bad Cop. Uh, hopefully View from the Top Rope is coming back out of hiatus soon. Uh, obviously we've got uh, some new Dungeons and Junkies content I saw out there. Um, obviously Ring of Honor Revelry, the Brain Buster Boys, uh, Phoenix Splash Podcast. Uh, Will, am I missing anything from Visionaries Globe Media? I feel like there's one that's missing, but I couldn't tell you without having a list in front of me. Well, there's also the my uh, Midwestern Wrestling Roundup podcast. Uh, make sure you do check oh, out. <laughs> uh, last week had a great review of the Insane Eight uh, with Ring of Honor Revelry's own Brundon, uh, Ref Jerry, and uh, my good friend Bucky. Uh, but everybody enjoy uh, this Shining Wizards uh all the great shows here on the Shining Wizards for this ad, and we'll see you on the other side. The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly, available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, 
or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums. Then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. If you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is radioactive metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. I said, make sure you check out all the great shows here on the Shining Wizards uh, podcast network, including Joe's very own Mark Order. So, uh, but gentlemen, we've got Road to Greatness Night One emanating from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Have either of you guys ever been in Chattanooga or Tennessee in general? I should say. I have not. Yeah, I'll be on that neck of the woods. Uh, it's beautiful area. I've never been to Chattanooga, but Eastern Tennessee is beautiful. But uh, we got Kevin Kelly on the call. Uh, the infamous Kevin Kelly and Prince Nana. And uh, in the in the main event um, is the four semifinalists for this tournament. Uh, so, Joe, I'm glad you watched TV first because um, this pretty much spoils the entire tournament for you. So, um, like Will and I were just talking earlier, like, their Typical timing, Ring of Honor fashion. Their, their timing is not good on these things. So, like, why would you order a pay-per-view? And then, I don't know. But we're going to try and keep it positive. But I do have some positive, uh, even though Cell Phone Guy is announcing. But, gentlemen, our curtain jerker. I messaged everybody with this. I was fucking stoked. Um, our boy, Roddy Strong, versus uh, his second match in Ring of Honor, Raymond Rowe. I popped hard for this. Um, Raymond Rose, a big hardcore, uh, Pennsylvania hardcore staple guy. Um, he was actually on a podcast I listen to called Post America with Richie Crutch from Wisdom and Chains. I'm um, sure you check that out. Um, you know, and I have to chuckle because Raymond Rose, uh, full straight edge and vegan. And, uh, once you look at him, he doesn't look like your typical vegan. Uh, some people say, How do you get your protein? You know, what are you gonna just emasculate yourself if you're a vegetarian? Blah blah blah. Look at Raymond Rose, guy's a fucking beast. Um, Sorry, I just kind of got a little political around everybody, but and uh, you know, Roddy's a great dance partner, and uh, Raymond Rose a really great fucking wrestler. Obviously, looks like a fucking brute, but uh, but yeah, Kevin uh, Kelly puts over that Roddy can switch gears like no one else, and we've talked about that. You know, great match; these two beat the piss out of each other for ten minutes. Uh, hope we get more of this in the future, but basically, Roddy's sick kick for the win. I know I kind of went through that, but I fucking love this match. Uh, really great, and I hope Roddy and Raymond do get to re- wrestle some more after Raymond Rowe gets uh, some more experience. What would you guys think? Well, go ahead. Go take it first. 
All right, it's 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 a challenge when I don't have the visuals, so we can't like hand sign to who, to who's going next. Um, this was really good. Uh, Ray Rowe looked really stiff with the shots on Roddy. It's like I was kind of looking for a receipt. It's like, ooh, like is this cool? Did they like go over this already, or are you like you're looking for like the look where it's like, okay. Okay, that's the way it's gonna be. <laughs> but I'm very, very cool to see Ray Rowe. Can't wait till we get him in the top prospect tournament. Uh, I believe is either. I mean, at this point, it's getting kind of late, so I think it's next year, maybe. Is it 14 or 15? Uh, we get the the top prospect tournament where it's him and Hanson in the finals. Can't wait. There's hope for us yet. Um. Joe, well, I said, obviously, you know, you're kind of the newcomer here, and uh, I'm obviously, I'm assuming, you know, Raymond Roll as part of, you know, the Viking Raiders. Did you know much about War Machine when War Machine was a thing? Yeah, so that's where I was introduced to Roe was in War Machine, so I didn't realize, I didn't realize much of his uh, singles stuff before. So, um, I was really impressed, like, by his, his work as a singles wrestler in this match, and I, I almost feel like now, like, we don't get to see that technical prowess of his that he he, he had in, early on as a single guy. Now that he's you know one in a tag team, two he's in a tag team in the WWE, which is a whole different style. Um, but yeah, they. I, I don't know if saying watered down does it justice to how toned down both Roe and Hanson are now that they're in the WWE. And even besides just taking away the name, like because they don't want to say War Machine, and they're the War Raiders or the the Viking Experience or whatever, but it's like both those because they they end up becoming a tag team because they're the finals in this top prospect tournament, and then they they decide like you know what, I like fighting you so much, I'm gonna fight with you. We're gonna be tag team now, and they're both capable of so much. And to see it on display here, and then you you turn on Raw or whatever, and like they got a little bit of a winning streak going on now, but it's like the people watching the E don't know. Yeah, and like like you said, Tom, like the the striking between the two, like I feel like the two probably could have gone out there like, no, let's just stiff the hell out of each other. Like we're just gonna <laughs> just lay lay our shit into one another. And uh I almost felt like I don't know if they did it through the whole match or like a chunk of the match, but it felt like they were calling a good chunk of the match in the ring. Could have been, yeah. So I'm like, so I'm like, maybe that's you know, maybe we're like, oh, well, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna lay it in and you can bring it back at me. And but yeah, I, it was really fun to kick it off with that match. Yeah, and and be honest with you, Joe. Listen, I didn't know much about Raymond Rose, a singles guy either. You know, I got into him as War Machine and. uh and listen, yeah, and Will, if I'm not mistaken, listen, that final is like one of the greatest top prospect tournament matches in history. Right. I mean, that the whole top prospect tournament that they were in, like, was pretty solid front to back. But their their matches specifically were were the highlights. Oh, I can't wait. So there's there's there is a future coming. So we just got to get. We just have to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely do. So. Um, but yeah, I, I love this match. Um, our next match, uh, Adrenaline Rush, obviously, uh, ECH and Tadarius Thomas, uh, versus Alabama Attitude. This made me sweat, Tom, because I keep mixing up the names, so I'm like, oh, they're both in the same match. Hopefully, I don't call them the wrong thing. 
Yeah. Um, real quick. Uh, so it appears that Adrenaline Rush is getting a title shot sometime. Uh, so hopefully they won't be wrestling CNC Wrestle Factory for the thousandth time. Don't get me wrong, Joe. Fucking love CNC Wrestle Factory. Don't get me wrong. I love Adrenaline Rush. ACH to Darius are great, but I'm just sick of seeing those four together. Um, but we'll get into that later. Uh, I know Hollis has had a solid career, but Mike Posey was, was a, he was a ref before this or after this? I don't remember. Before he was a ref in the. Okay. Um, uh, I'm having a brain fart here. Oh yeah. Car Hollis was in the dojo pro thing for ring of honor. Uh, that's on Amazon prime. Um, I do miss ACH in general. Hopefully he's doing okay. Maybe he comes back someday. But if not, thank you for all you do. Uh, my profile picture of my Twitter is an ACH shirt. So I know uh, Will, I've, I've mentioned this, but um, Joe, if you ever get a chance, check out ACH versus Trevor Lee. I think it's December 2018 for AAW. Great fucking match. Might be doing a watch along for that. Um, Joe, any thoughts on Adrenaline Rush? Have you seen ACH and Tadarius Thomas team up before? I had not, so but like super impressive. Like ACH is like just his build, like he's just so athletic and his like just build, like um, like an NFL player who used to be like you know, named the Muscle Hamster, and I felt like <laughs> ACH was like the epitome of like just the same thing, just that short, stocky build was just super quick and athletic. Um, and just he, one of the notes I have is just like he was one of the really fun to watch in this match for me. For being the first time really watching him. Yeah, ACH is a beast. Darius Thomas is really good. He's kind of slowing down, uh, but he's definitely got that martial arts style. Um, Will, do we know if Adrenaline Rush is taken anywhere outside of Ring of Honor? I don't think so. I mean, I haven't looked into it, but I also don't know if Tadarius Thomas really did much beyond Ring of Honor either. Yeah, I know we did some spots in AAW and some other... Like you know, indies and stuff like that. But I think Ring of Honor is as big as he got. This is this is a good example though to, to kind of loop stuff back around to like we're talking about taking people out of the, t- the world title tournament. ACH is not a slouch. ACH is not bad. Like if we were talking like pro wrestling gorilla ACH, he belongs in that world title tournament. But 2013 Adrenaline Rush ACH is making big splashes and great impressions, but he's not quite world title tournament stature yet. But these, they're both incredibly athletic. You know, I mean, Alabama attitude is, is, or whatever they're called is a good, is a good kind of foil for them because again, they're solid hands. You know, they're not blowing the doors off the place, but they are really good. And it lets Tadarius Thomas and ACH especially really showcase what they can do. Yeah, because in the end, ACH kicks his Hollis's head off uh, into a uh, bridging uh, bridging suplex from Tadarius Thomas for the win. So yeah, like you said, Will, it was yeah, these two were a perfect dance partner. Uh, Joey, got any other comments on this match? Not really, other than I know Kevin Kelly called it out. Posey looking kind of like a Seidel brother. He just kind of looks like a Mike, like a Matt Seidel. I think Kelly, Kevin Kelly mentioned that he looked more like Mike, but to me, he looked like Matt. Yeah, it's, fu- it's funny, yeah, because Mike Seidel's been wrestling uh, lately in Ring of Honor 2013. Oh, by the way, Joe, I forgot to ask you like an hour and a half ago, what shirt are you wearing, by the way? Well, I was going to bring it up earlier when we were talking about how um, 
you didn't care for the headbutt spots earlier between Champa and uh, and Silas, but I am wearing the the JYD Junkyard nice. Dog. Okay, nice. Bump. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realize that. So speaking of headbutts, so um, yeah, great book on on JYD. Obviously, you know they, they did the the um, Dark Side of the Ring, but they um, that dude was fucking over. Um, fucking like crazy. So, uh, but then uh, next, uh, Veda Scott comes out with QT Marshall. Uh, Will, so I'm confused. Is Veda a bad guy now? I kind of yeah. They just kind of they just kind of slotted her into the the martial law group. Um. So so basically, martial law Joe is uh. Artie Evans, uh, who is supposedly uh, you know, the barrister Artie Evans, who is supposedly a lawyer, and uh, QT Marshall are called Martial Law. But now Veda Scott's a lawyer, so she's filling in for Artie Evans, who got his fingers broken by Outlaw Inc., uh, who is Homicide Nettie Kingston, uh, which was awesome. Uh, but they're doing a promo, and they're costing some local radio guy. Um, you know, QT's- Just when you think we're done getting... Cause- Joe, you, you don't have to lie and say you've listened to us since day one, but Jim Cornette used to bring, like, the local TV affiliates, like, in the ring and, like, here's your local Fox affiliate or whatever, and they, they would, like, just talk in the ring. It's like, this is the shit. So now to have – we've had events, like, where Carino talked about the radio station screwing up his name and how he's got – beef with the radio station, but they didn't bring like the broadcaster out there. So we got this fucking bum with like a robe. He's got like a fake title belt. They kept using his like gimmick name from the radio show. It's like this is a waste of time. Especially when this is only like a two hour program. Yeah, I felt like that's one of the things I had noted. Like, it's way too much attention for this. It felt way too, like, backyard indie wrestling. Like, where it's like, even beyond that level, it's just way too much time. I mean, they went to the whole, the intern Andy um, from radio station, whatever. And, like, okay, cool. Like, have a little fun in the beginning and then get to the match and, like, to bring it back around and have more time with him. I, I didn't understand that. Um, so yeah, it was a little unnecessary. Yeah, it's it's not 1987, you know. But we shall see. Um, yeah, who got the most out of this segment was really intern Andy. Yeah, and so so he's he's not even like a radio guy, is he? I, yeah. This is not our favorite part of uh of Ring of Honor, but uh. You know, uh, QT Marshall goes on, you know, there's no one big enough in the ring here that can beat him, blah, blah, blah. And then Cheeseburger comes out. Um, Joe, I'm assuming you're familiar, at least peripheral, a little bit uh, with Cheeseburger, I'm assuming. Yeah, very, like we said, peripheral is about the right description of, <laughs> of my knowledge of Cheeseburger's uh, history. Uh, the world famous CD, uh, CB. And then Kevin Kelly says someone nicknamed Cheeseburger, and now it's ran with it. Basically, he was a, a dojo guy, and then he was working the ring crew, and now he's getting some ring time. Uh, but that somebody that nicknamed him Cheeseburger was Charlie Haas. 
Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar or I'm not sure you know who Charlie Haas is, but uh, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas actually had a pretty decent run in Ring of Honor. In fact, they wrestled the Briscoes, what do you think, Will, 482 times first six months of our podcast? It was a lot. Um, but yeah, Charlie Haas is actually very proud of Ring of Honor till something happened. So, uh, but he's, yeah, they, he's they, they, they kind of did like the it doesn't matter what your name is segment where they, uh, Cheeseburger was pulling like the streamers out of the ring, and Haas is like, Hey, you, you skinny kid, get in the ring. What's your name? And he's like, It's like Rydell. He's like, Rydell. He's like, You look like you need to eat a cheeseburger, and it just stuck. So then, henceforth, cheeseburger. Yeah. Um. So we we witness history. So. Uh. But I guess we're gonna have a QT Marshall versus uh, cheeseburger, and of course, you know, QT is gonna throw cheeseburger around. Uh, cheeseburger does make a good comeback. Uh, he's actually really got some really good fundamentals in this match. Uh, but in the end, uh, QT wins with an eye poke and a uh, sweet slam DDT thingy, and then um. And then the radio guy is supposed to apologize to QT for losing the match or something like that. And he gets in and he's he's on his knees, which is awkward. Um, but then Cheeseburger gets up and pushes QT into the intern. So I I probably gave this more time than it needed. But am, am I missing something here, guys? I don't know what the fuck this is all about. And I watch every week. Um, dumb. Definitely a little point of the show. So... I'm not gonna lie. I kind of forgot. I kind of forgot that there was an actual match between the two of them, and it wasn't just a like an interaction for them to just like parade cheeseburger out. Yeah, yeah. It felt very much like your bathroom break match. Of yeah, it happened. Yeah, well, uh, which is a shame because I mean he's not again not there yet, but cheeseburger is a really good wrestler. Yeah, and QT Marshall is a really good wrestler, and yeah. they aren't. I mean, Cheeseburger is also like 10 years old when this is happening. So, um, and you know, I for more talking earlier about QT Marshall, like Will said, why the fuck do they keep giving this guy a mouthpiece? The guy can fucking talk. Obviously, Joe, you see him pretty much every weekend. Was it QTV that he does on AEW or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, the guy can fucking talk. I, I, I don't get it, but smarter people than us. That's like why they gave, you know, Paul Heyman to CM Punk in WWE, but. Whatever. Uh, our next match, though, this was interesting. Uh, Matt Taven versus Davey Richards. And uh, this is a straight-up match. No title, you know, no proving or anything. Um, you know, Scarlet's back so recently. Oh, I don't know. So, Joe, did you notice who uh, the other second was there? Was uh, Scarlet Bardot of Karrion Cross fame? Once I heard Scarlet, yes. And then I did research. I'm like, okay, so she's a hoopla hottie. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, we won't. We won't that, even. Get- the way that Joe said "hoopla hottie" sums it up. <laughs> yeah, that will you or Joe? You have no idea how spot on you are with that analysis. Yeah, um, we, yeah, we haven't seen Scarlet in a bit. She's she's been kind of off, uh, away for like the last couple weeks. But she's got a manager's license now, so she can come to ringside. Is it a manager's license? Or she has. A, does she have the wrestling license? Oh, maybe it was wrestling license. I was I I tuned out at that point, so because uh, that was the shtick was they can't have all these just random people at ringside. So Truth Martini's like, I'll go get them their licenses. So one of them's got like a bodyguard license, one of them's got a wrestling license, one's got a manager's license. 
Uh, Freed's I, favorite wrestler, Silesia Sparks. She just wrestled Jake something a couple months ago in Toronto, I guess. So she's still wrestling. Um, I don't have a lot of notes on this match because I actually really kind of enjoyed this. Um, it was real good. Joe, I just want to point out because I point this out every time Matt Taven comes up. Uh, Matt Taven, Derry, New Hampshire own. From Will's home. Yeah, not hometown, wow. but. Not my hometown. I mean, it's the town I call home now. Yeah. Are you a fan, Purple? I am. So my biggest thing I'm hoping to get out of this podcast is to see the rise of Matt Taven. Because when I first dabbled in Ring of Honor, I didn't really think too much about Matt Taven. And then uh, during the time where I wasn't watching, obviously he blew up and became like the guy. And like everybody loves him now. So I'm like, this can't be the same Matt Taven that I saw dicking around with Truth Martini however many years ago. So I am uh, I do have the purple shirt. I got the, the purple, one of the purple tie-dye deals from uh, the OG Shop ROH back when being an Honor Club member actually had uh, benefits? perks and benefits and <laughs> pay-per-views. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, there were a lot of distractions like there are in Matt Tave and Truth Martini matches. But all bullshit aside, man, Matt Taven looked super solid in this match and wrestled really well. Um, and in the end, you know, obviously David Richards being David Richards gets an E bar. Um, but we get a code of honor at the end of this match. I was a little salty that, uh, that Taven lost. I, I was like, this is going to be an excellent way to kind of, kind of the same reason I picked Orange Cassidy to win it all out. I'm like, I knew he was Orange Cassidy was kind of hurt, and he was probably going to take some time off after. But still, part of me was like a win over a Davy Richards in this case for Matt Taven, or a win over Mox from Orange Cassidy. It's like that's like that's it. Like the conversation's over at that point. Like you can't argue against like these kids having something once they beat an opponent of that caliber. So I, I was kind of hoping Matt Taven would pull one out here. Obviously, if he did, there's like the the malarkey, right, of all the, the hotties and Truth Martini and whatever. But I feel like Matt Taven, despite having this TV title for a little while now, hasn't really gotten like that big match. Win, like hasn't had like that big match or that big win that really like solidifies him as like, no, this guy's a contender. Like, you know, and after he drops his TV title, he's going to go for the big belt. Yeah. Um, Joe, how familiar with David Richards are you? Um, a little bit. I, I've seen him. I'm, uh, he, he, he came to Omaha a couple times wrestling here. Oh, that's okay. So I've seen him a couple times. I knew a little bit about his, his independent stuff. Yeah, because, um, I mean, obviously he's based or uh, was, I mean, still in St. Louis, I think. But, uh, um, yeah, so he's not that far from you. So, I mean, it makes sense, you know. Um. Yeah, great match. And listen, I'm I'm with Will. I kind of was hoping Taven was going to win, even if it was a schmoz. Uh, but yeah, when when they let them wrestle and there was no malarkey, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this, and it was kind of cool. We actually got a code of honor at the end. That was very out of character for Taven and David. Well, Ryan, so Taven's been pushing more in that direction, right? And that's part of Matt Taven kind of being his own man, kind of thing, and not just being a lackey for Truth Martini. Because Truth Martini is very much like you don't do the code of honors, you don't do any of this stuff, but Taven wants to. Yeah. 
So uh, I had a question. So with, with you know, even though there wasn't a whole lot of malarkey with all the with Chris <laughs> Martin and the gang, um, but even with like there were some little like little interferences here and there, and like, and they didn't like ever really do anything to control those you know the outside people to like either eject them from inside or even like I just felt like there's a lot of people around yeah, inside. They- and, they never inject that. these people. I think they've okay. ejected them like from ringside like one time. It's like it. It's like yeah. Why doesn't the ref before it even starts? Like no, 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 no. Like y'all well, don't you, need to be down there. <laughs> yeah, even like during the match, if there's some stuff that they do once or twice or something, like yeah, but yeah, I mean the, the double standard. Obviously, like we saw earlier, Nigel literally physically removing Maria from the ringside. You know why is he not physically removing Scarlet from ringside? You know. Martini does stuff. Martini does stuff right in front of the referee, and the referee doesn't do anything. So, yeah, and the book of truth is the fucking most deadliest weapon in fucking history of Ring of Honor. Only Uh, if you're swinging it. If you do a move on top of it, it's not the same. But if you swing the book of truth at somebody, game over, lights out. Yeah. Um, But our next match, not Will's favorite, uh, Jay Lethal. Versus a surprise, Luke Hawks. Uh, this is a nice surprise, former guest of the Shining Wizards podcast. That um, was my that was my son of a bitch moment where I go, huh, son of a bitch. Look at that. Um, yeah, so it looks like Luke Hawks won the Shamrock Cup. I have no idea what that is, but I guess Adam Cole won it last year. I don't know if it's a Ring of Honor affiliate. Uh, but then uh, they're talking about Ring of Honor is heading to um, New Orleans next spring. And I think that's WrestleMania 30. Is that where Daniel Bryan won the title? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I that's what they were talking about, but uh, I had to chuckle. They're talking how um, Luke Hawks does not like Matt Hardy. Uh, so Joe, you lucked out in the fact you just missed Scum. So the Steve Carino, Jimmy Jacobs, Matt Hardy fuckery, I guess is a good way to call it. Um, Will, do you think Matt Hardy's done from Ring of Honor for a while? They sure made it sound like it. Or. For a bit, because I'm pretty sure they, um, I'm pretty sure the scum angle comes back. Not, not, I don't, I, I don't remember it being as bad as it is here, but I want to say it does come back, um, in some way, shape, or form. So, like, we do still see, like, more like the icon era style Matt Hardy come back, um, you know, it's he, he doesn't need to be there, right? No. I mean, Matt Hardy really wasn't adding a whole lot. No, there he so didn't really have a ton of matches either. So, pleading ignorance, did Scum actually did that stand for anything? Was it an acronym or was it? Yes, it was. Um, suffering, um, was it? suffering, suffering, chaos, ugliness, and mayhem. Yeah, uh, they tried too hard for that one. I was, yeah, yeah. It, and they didn't. That, they didn't. They didn't actually give you the acronym to like six weeks after they were a thing. Um. Yeah, it was not the best storyline, anyways. But let's try to keep positive. Come was NWO on fast forward, where they just kind of shook everybody out. It's like, guess what? Half the roster's on Scum now. We're not going to, you know, build this up. We're just going to say they're all in it. Let's do it. And they just was stagnant, boring shit for the last however many months. The only difference between Scum and NWO is NWO did it over weeks. Like, they added, like, eight dudes in one match. 
Like everyone kept coming out and they were scum. It's like, oh my god. But anyways, and like three people did the t-shirt gimmick where like they ripped off their shirts, show there was a scum shirt. In the same match. So, um, and then the best guy that they did add only showed up once. So I remember we didn't even we never figure out what happened to Jimmy Rave, did we? Um, but on to this match. Um, great match. I know Will. Obviously, you're not a Jay Lethal fan, but motherfucker can go. A lot of catches can can wrestling in the beginning, and goddamn, I mean, Hawks took some goddamn chops. Oof. That's um, why Steve Carino says the chops should be banned. Yeah, you don't need to hit, you don't need to hit people that hard. <laughs> yeah, and then Luke Hawks does the flip like on the outside of the rope into the ring. I thought that was kind of cool. But was Instagram really around in 2013? Yeah. Wow. It throws me when they mention Twitter, because I don't think of Twitter as being something that old, but it is. It definitely is. I get my little my little uh, notification of, it's your anniversary. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, uh, I think the only socials I was using at that point was Facebook. Because I, mean, I don't think I was, I was logging into the MySpace anymore. Yeah, I didn't get. I didn't start using Twitter till twenty. Got six months before we started this. So, um, of course, it took us you know a year and a half to get our own Twitter. But, um, but in the end, uh, Lethal gets the lethal injection after three tries for the win. Uh, code of Honor. Um, and obviously, Jay Lethal's a little disappointed he's not in the final four. But really great match. I mean, Luke Hawks is a super. You know, I this might be the first match I've ever, I, I've ever seen of his. I know of him, obviously, from uh, Shining Wizards podcast and all the stuff from NWA, but what did you guys think of this match? Well, Tom, you pretty much took, like, I feel like you were reading my notes because I feel like you hit the top <laughs> two. My top two bullet points were, like, if you like mat wrestling, this is for you because, like, again, the opening, the chain wrestling in the beginning, and then also I had, like, how nasty lethal chops were on, on Hawks. Um. Otherwise, that was really it for me. I mean, I felt like, you know, the pretty safe bet of who was going to win this match. So it was kind of predictable that way. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, you know, Hawks had a nice showing. I wasn't, horrible. I wasn't terribly familiar with him. So, yeah, cool. Uh, it's a cool spot to, to kind of showcase a Luke Hawks. I mean, now between Hawksery and like all his acting gigs and stuff like that that he does. Um, because I mean, there's so many people now who have like I was telling my dad, I'm like, you've seen this guy in like all these different movies and shit that you've watched. It's just you don't realize it's him until he shares something about it. And it's like shit. Like I didn't realize he was in uh the the Wolverine movie, the one that was like the old man Logan story. He was the like new Wolverine. Thing. I'm like, son of a bitch, didn't realize. And now he's obviously like he's Stone Cold in the Rock TV show, and he's in the uh, Heels or whatever the the show on Showtime is. So I think this is the first singles match I've seen him because I've seen the Hawks or stuff that he's done with his son. But yeah, I thought it was cool. I mean, I'm not a, again like Tom said, like the. The back of my eyelids were looking really appealing during this Jay Lethal match, hmm. as per the usual. But um, I, I did perk up a bit when when Luke Hawks came. I'm like, well, who the hell's this guy? It's like Luke Hawks, like son of a bitch. Look, I know that guy. 
yeah, it was a really fun match. It was a, a nice, pleasant surprise. So I like when they bring those those kind of like lo- more local names, where it's not like he's like a Chattanooga town guy, but it's like that kind of geographic location where they could bring in someone like that, and like enough people in the crowd are gonna be like, "Oh, I know this guy. This guy's really good. This is gonna be great." Yeah, this is this is a lot of fun. So, kind of like um, when they do stuff more in the north, and they bring in like all the New England Wrestling Academy guys. They bring in their Brian Fury and like all those other more like mass-based wrestlers. Was uh was Luke Hawk Stone Cold in that Rock series? Yes. Okay. Oh, that's fuck. That's which, that's huge. Which is interesting because he's also like faced off in the Rock and the Fate of the Furious. Really. The, yeah, the Fashion of Furious episode, uh, a movie, I think, where The Rock is trying to break out of jail with Jason Statham. And yeah. uh, during that whole prison fight scene, apparently he's in that, he squares up with The Rock in that. Huh. So, full circle moment for Luke Hawks. Yeah, I think they call that uh, serendipity. So, all right, gentlemen. He's, that's he's everywhere. Yeah, that's that's awesome to see. So. I and honestly, I you know I'm gonna go on a little fucking tangent here, or sidebar, or whatever. I'm surprised they don't have more wrestlers do shit like that. I mean, they're so fucking versatile. I, I mean, obviously we've got The Rock and John Cena and all, and all the great things they're doing, but I mean, man, um, you, you well, could I, do I so much talk, with. I think he's talked about it on the Wizards. That that's something that he's really wanted to do was to have more kind of like film. TV roles. And like you said, like if you're, I mean, maybe not any wrestler, because I mean, there's a lot of right. Ring of Honor 2013 talent that doesn't quite have the charisma to, to outact a cardboard box. But you get those guys, like, you know, like a Luke Hawks, like a Kevin Owens, like a, I mean, even a Mike Mondo, right? Some, yeah. They got a little more pizzazz. They got a little more energy. A little more something, something. Yeah, you imagine Kevin Steen and like a, a Chris Farley type comedy would be fucking gold. But and I'm just glad these guys get this opportunity because then they get their SAG card and they got free healthcare. I mean, that's fucking huge. Um, Kevin Steen and Dave Bautista in a buddy cop movie. Let's let's vote. <laughs> that's another five thousand dollar idea there, Will. Um, but all right, we got our last three matches, but we don't realize that it's going to be two matches. I was kind of confused with the graphic because they kept saying Red Dragon and then they said CNC Russell Factory. But our first match is Bobby Fish versus Caprice Coleman. Um, two of the older gentlemen in Ring of Honor, we'll just say. Uh, the elder I, statesman, if you will. For sure. Uh, Bobby, uh, being his mouthy self, um, you know, and then I, I didn't realize at the time when I typed this, but, uh, you know, are we finally getting Kyle O'Reilly versus Cedric, in which we do, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, it appears, was Bobby Fish trained by Harley Race, they said? I'm like, that kind of makes sense. Um, man, and uh, beating this match once again, we're, we're fought, hot fire, lots of fun moves. Um, in the end, Fish knocks uh, Caprice with a nasty kick where uh, basically Caprice is knocked out, but his arm was still up. Did you guys see that? But his pin, his arm was, like, up in the air, like, stuck. It was really kind of weird. Uh, but great fucking match. You know, I, I really enjoyed that, especially, I mean, these guys are, are two of the elder statesmen, like Will said. Um, and, uh, Joe, have you seen much of Caprice Coleman in the ring at all? Not a lot. Um, and I guess I didn't realize how old he was. I didn't realize he was, like, 
Bobby Fish old. Yeah. Uh, looks fucking great. I mean, I'm the yeah. guy. I mean, he looks like a fucking million bucks here. So, I mean, him and again, him and Cedric Alexander as a tag team are awesome. Uh, but they're kind of combining two matches into one. We get a code of honor. Uh, but Kyle O'Reilly pie faces Caprice, and then we go right into Kyle O'Reilly versus Cedric Alexander, a match I've been waiting for for fucking forever. Uh, looks like uh, Caprice is hurt outside. Um, and then I was like, I was I forgot who Cedric was married to, so he's married to Swole. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. So, um. You know, these two, their, their styles, are they mess so well. I mean, Kyle O'Reilly and Cedric Alexander, these two are fucking made for each other. Um, Kyle O'Reilly's selling is on Mr. Perfect level. Uh, great job working the arm by Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, Cedric, a great job for selling. Uh, in the end, Cedric jumps into an arm bar um, from Kyle O'Reilly. Cedric lifts, it up, lifts him up out of it into a powerbomb. Uh, but Kyle O'Reilly kicks out of it, does a sweet tornado DT into a brain buster, but Cedric kicks out of that into an arm bar on his bad arm for the win. Um, and then at the end, Kyle O'Reilly shows Cedric the respect he deserves. Um, I kind of went that pretty quick. I love both these matches, especially Kyle O'Reilly versus Cedric. Hopefully we get them more in the future. Uh, but what'd you guys think? Well, I uh, I definitely like the Cedric and Kyle O'Reilly match out of the two. Uh, prefer that one more. Really missing Kyle O'Reilly on TV. It's such that he always, he's hurt right now. Yeah. Um, but that was just it, it was such a fun match, and I like the fact they gave it they gave it so much time for them to really like for them to tell their tell the story in the ring. Yeah. Um, other than that, the thing about Bobby and the Caprice match was like. Like you said, Bobby's, you know, his heel crowd work is always fun to listen to. And such, a prick, such a prick. It's so good. And then, like, like you know how Bobby Fish is old? It's when he, like, burns a fan with a Pavlov dog reference. <laughs> like, he, he dropped that reference. And, like, only Bobby Fish would use it as an insult. Yeah. His, 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 uh, his mic work is on another level. We haven't talked about commentary much for this show. But I did like uh, Kevin Kelly mentioned, he's like, well, good thing, you know, Bobby Fish is so close to us that uh, we don't need to do commentary. He's got it covered. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, and Bobby Fish, yeah, on, on the mic is is bar none. So, and he still looks great today. I mean, I think he's 46. So he'd be 36 here. Um, both, uh, both these matches were a lot of fun. I thought it was a bit cheeky of him to do do them back to back. So like Bobby Fish and Caprice don't even go to the back at all. They just get out of the ring. And then the other two guys get in the ring. It's like, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. But but all killer. Like all all four of them, like, you know, individually in the tag teams. I mean I I, I agree with Joe that the the Cedric Kyle O'Reilly match, I think, was the the stronger out of the, the the two matches, but both were really good. Hopefully, CNC Wrestle Factory, despite coming out on the bottom on of, both uh, matches, these two, these two singles matches, hopefully, when they face them next as a tag team, maybe they get the straps. I I hope so. So yeah, basically, little, Joe, a little um context here. Obviously, I'm sure you could probably tell, but Red Dragon, you know, Fish and O'Reilly are the current uh, Ring of Honor tag teams after they just flip-flopped them uh, because they couldn't defend them in Canada. 
Uh, but CNC's been, they've had a couple title shots that keep coming short. So Will and I are really hoping that this is their next shot is the one. So, you know, them both losing is hopefully a good sign, but I'm not sure Ring of Honor books that way. But well, the part of that is, is the, just the foresight to know that, like, I don't remember exactly when I started watching Ring of Honor, but around that time, they split up. So it's like, there's not a whole lot of time and I really would like to see them get a tag team title run yeah because obviously Cedric goes to the to the E here in a couple of years so um, I hope we get Kyle O'Reilly and Cedric I mean those two should be headlining a pay-per-view in my personal opinion but um, on to our main event so Joe I'm glad you watched uh, TV first because uh, it's the four semi-finalists for this world heavyweight title match um, which is going down at death before dishonor I don't know why they're doing this so soon I mean like they haven't even got out of the the first round on TV um, but we'll whatever um, basically well, it's, like when, it's like we're watching all-star extravaganza and I'm like are they giving us this whole fucking tournament that's going to be on all of TV in this one pay-per-view yeah it's but they do that, like it's the it's the way they. This is really what I should have asked Kevin Kelly about when I had the chance when we were on the Wizards instead of asking my stupid question. But it's like they could they put it out so poorly, and they time it out so poorly that if you're spending the money on these eye pay per views, you have no reason to watch the TV because it's like you're not going to get anything. You already paid your money. For stuff that these people are now getting all entirely for free. Because they're not condensed at all. Like, you're getting exactly what you would have got if you bought the pay-per-view. Yeah. So, interesting. And now, like you're saying, like, oh, here, here's the semifinals. It's like, we're not even there yet. Not even close. Um, like, this is, like, putting the cart before the horse. Like... We're, we're, we're somehow that gap's even bigger with 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 this one. It's like Jesus, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. At this point, the cart's not even made yet. So, um, real quick before diving into the main event, um, I know I kind of asked you this a little bit earlier, Joe, but did they do a good enough job of kind of explaining what this match was? Did you kind of were you able to kind of figure it out as far as being the semifinalist in the tournament? Yeah, and what was going on with that tournament and everything? Yeah, I picked up on it. Um, I think okay. they, I, I picked up enough of it to get the, the grasp of what was going on and why they were together. Okay. Um, typical, like, you know, hey, let's put the semifinalists in a tag match and do the old can they coexist thing. Yeah. Um, and they really did. And I mean, honestly, I could see, you know, both these teams actually being fun tag teams. Elgin and Steam would have been a lot of fun. Um but uh, it, per Ring of Honor style, might starts out hot. You know, as these four go into it, start beating the team, on, you know, beating the shit out of each other. You know, they're kind of going, uh, you know, like Joe said earlier, obviously, can they work as a team now? Um, I do love Steen and Elgin kind of working on that suplex together. Uh, you know, you know, Elgin does the delayed suplex, and then Steen tries to do it, and then he has Elgin come on in and help him and everything. Um, one good spot I did like with Steen and Elgin was, uh, you know, Adam Cole tried running to uh, his tag team partner, and Elgin actually grabbed him and threw him in his own corner. Holy shit, tag team work. Um, 
you know, Chapa doing a delayed suplex on Elgin, uh, not bad. Uh, so did you guys realize small joint, like, you can't legally break someone's fingers in wrestling? Did you guys know that? They've brought it up a couple times that, the like, the joint manipulation is, a, I mean, they've, they've talked about that, I think, in AEW to an extent, too, when they brought in Zack Sabre. Yeah, I was like, I never realized that. I mean, it's a good thing Marty Skrull's not here because he would have been, you know, fired years ago. But, uh, um, oh, yeah, Ciampa does this to Dolly Suplex on Elgin. That was a lot of fun. Um, obviously, Michael Elgin's super fucking strong. You know, uh, Michael Elgin goes for the buckle bomb, but Steve, uh, um, Kevin Steen takes himself in for, uh, for the package pile driver. Uh, and they get the win, and uh, Ciampa does a code of honor, but Adam Cole does not. Um, fun match. I know I kind of skimmed over it. I was getting a little tired there in the notes. Um, I'm sure I missed a bunch of shit. You guys got anything? Uh, a couple things that I had that you didn't, that, I mean, you didn't have was the, um, we're talking about Elgin's power, Elgin's power, like the deadlift superflex. I, I really, I like how he does those. Um, and then I, the there's the um, sleeper suplex from Sting to Cole, where it looked like it almost looked like he's like laying on his neck, basically. Um, and then I was also uh, Elgin's corkscrew uh, senton. I thought was really for being a man that size to do that move. Yeah, uh, that was I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, and if do you uh, have you seen much of Michael Elgin before this? Not a lot, no. Okay. Yeah, so you get a lot of fresh stuff, which is cool, kind of get it at some some fresh perspective. I mean, Michael Elgin might be, you know, obviously is kind of a questionable human being, but goddamn, he's a fucking athlete. Like you said, I mean, the thing is a guy he can do, and, and for as strong as he is, yeah. Will, you got anything on this one? I wish they played up maybe a little more, not necessarily resentment between the teams because they all seem to function pretty well. Yeah. Despite the fact that just a couple weeks ago, um, we got a little promo of like all these guys coming out to the ring. And the main focus of that was Steen and Elgin kind of staring each other down and Steen Elgin saying, Oh, there's, there's me and 15 other people. They just got to worry about me. And Steen comes out saying, You've beaten all these people except for me. Mm. You couldn't beat me. I'm in this tournament too. He's like, so maybe you shouldn't be so confident. So it's like they all work together a little too well. Yeah, I was kind of expecting something to happen eventually in the match or even after the match, like, you know, have some dissension. Right, whether it's just naturally happens or if there's like the, the missed cue or whatever, like somebody accidentally hits somebody else or even if it's going to cost the match, right? Like I almost thought when Steen did like the blind tag in and did the package pile driver, I'm like, what if Elgin breaks up this pin for his team to win? It's just like, what the fuck you doing, boy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're all lovey dovey afterwards. Obviously Adam Cole, no soul, the, the code of honor, but um, Adam Cole's a little prick right now. So yeah, that, that, that is very true. Um, I did like, uh, Steen's package pile drive everyone t-shirt. So, um, but yeah, Joe, just give you a little context. So Steen and Elgin 
Uh, so Steam was champion last year, and uh, Elgin had a couple shots, but they had probably match of the year. Uh, Glory by Honor last year was a great fucking match. Um, but yeah, yes. Elgin beat, yeah, like Will said, Elgin, Elgin beat everybody but Steam. And they had a promo saying that same exact thing last week. Yeah, the the Steen Elgin match from last year was was my match of the year. And part of it was just because Ring of Honor right now really doesn't have heavyweight wrestlers other than Elgin and Steen. So it was like really the only showing we got of like the the two biggest heavyweights they had to offer. And, and it was ridiculous. There's if you got the time. I'd say definitely go back and watch it. Yeah, they, cool. the, the the Ring of Honor people thought Elgin Davy Richards was the match of the year. I mean, they can be wrong. Because I think Elgin Steen was, was really the match of the year. Yeah, that was that was Ring of Honor Revers consensus pick. So yeah, it's Glory by Honor two thousand twelve. So if you ever get a chance, so Oh twenty twelve. Yeah, well, that was yeah. last year. Right, yeah. So, so I, other than them kind of blowing their wad as far as like the tournament goes, like I, I can't wrap my head around it because you, you figure that live crowd too is probably like, well, what the fuck if they're, I mean, granted they probably don't hear commentary, but still, like they're gonna put the two and two together. It's like, oh, these are the four guys, huh? Yeah. So. Oh yeah, also, yeah. I up, uh, the the Shamrock Cup is it is a tournament that was an MCW vehicle. Oh really? Okay. And then Ring of Honor took it over for a while, and then it went back to MCW. So yeah, Adam Cole won it the the one year in 2012. Luke Hawks won it the next year, uh, and then towards the end, uh, Leo Rush has won it a couple times. And the last winner was Joe Keys in 2018. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ruckus is on here. There's a fella named Christian York who's won a lot of these. Sammy Callahan's won it once. Hmm. That's really cool. I'll check that out. I wonder where we can find that. (laughs) Sorry, guys. What? Yeah. Well, this is awesome. Uh, Before we pull a train into the station here, uh, do you gentlemen have any final thoughts or anything? And uh, Joe, kind of what did you get thing from your first uh, 2013 Ring of Honor experience? Really, um, it's, you know, for the, of the, pe- the handful of people I'm familiar with still today, like just seeing the the differences and the similarities of of how they operate 10 years later or 10, you know, in a decade's time. Yeah. Um, sometimes I almost think, you know, I liked it better, you know, in this 2013 era, um, where you, you don't have as many maybe confines around, you know, what they're able to, what they're, what they're doing on whatever TV promotion they're on now, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, I kind of like that part from the 2013 time period. But uh, yeah, it was just really interesting to see a lot of guys and kind of their styles and their looks and how it's involved. Yeah, and listen, you missed uh, this last week. Actually, we got the Young Bucks and Adam Page. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see Adam Page. He's just fresh out of college. He's like twenty years old. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, 
Young Bucks are the Young Bucks, but yeah, it's an interesting time of Ring of Honor. They've got some highs, but I mean, unfortunately, they got some lows. But you know, like Will and I keep harping on, just the te- I mean, not the production, just the timing. I just, I just don't get it. You know, how are you going to sell a pay per view? But it is what it is. Um, Will, do yeah, you find? Sorry, because there was the show. I don't remember what show it was, but Truth Martini came out. He's like, "Oh, here's a spoiler." For the upcoming episode of TV, it's like, all right, well, that was kind of shitty. Yeah. But for them to just be like, we're going to do this tournament all on TV. And then it was like all of All-Star, All-Star Extravaganza gave us the entire first round and a quarterfinal match. It's like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you guys, are, are you guys that hard up for content? You couldn't find a date to, you couldn't go back to Baltimore for like a week and like tape some more. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so, but I, this was a lot of fun having Joe on. I hope Joe that you had a good time hanging out with us tonight. Yeah, it was really yeah, good. Um, thanks, thanks for, uh, kicking my butt and said, cool. going back and checking out some old, uh, ROH. Yeah. They're def- like, I said, there's definitely stuff worth kind of, I'd say overall, there's a lot more stuff that's worth like cherry picking through, rather than necessarily like I don't think Tom would. I think Tom would agree. And he wouldn't say like you gotta watch like February through April of 2012. Like there's not gonna be stretches where like you have to watch everything, but you'll definitely come across gems here and there where it's like this match was really good. Yeah, like Raymond Roll like, versus Roddy Strong. Like I mean, out of nowhere. So, sorry, well, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, stuff like that's great, seeing these people, like, we've seen Vinny Marsiglia a couple times before, he's Vincent, so it's like, oh, look at that, look at this young fella, he doesn't have dreadlocks yet, he's not asking me if I dig it yet, he's losing left and right. Yeah. He still loses left and right, but. That hasn't changed much, but uh, but Joe, before uh, obviously we want obviously we talked about you being on the Mark Order, but you're also a very prolific content creator. Um, what else you got going on besides the Mark Order, my friend? Well, um, not much more. I mean, you you put me over way too much. Um, <laughs> I dabble in in some serial reviews for a blog. I do uh, have a random passion project I started. Uh, during the pandemic so um you can find that link to my serial, serial review blog uh, by just going to any of my social medias um like twitter or instagram at underscore asian joe there's a link in my bio in both of those that will take you to the to the review page blog so and uh, other than that like you said um wednesday nights you can find me over on the mark order podcast um we do live streaming on YouTube uh, after Dynamite and pretty much talk all things AEW. You guys have a lot to cover because, what, six hours TV every week? I think it's six hours, but it's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, at least usually five or so hours, but it's a lot. But we don't really – we've kind of scaled back at least, uh, you know, not covering too much of Rampage and <laughs> go from Collision and Dynamite. Now there's no dark. There's not, like, three hours of dark to review. Right, but Rampage had gotten better, so it's uh, now now that we're, we're uh, now that we're post punk, I'm I'm I might uh, I might get back into watching AW a little bit. 
because he 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 eventually became kind of a turnoff for me wanting to keep up with it. Yeah, it's the so, same thing every week. But uh, but yeah, obviously with uh with Joel, Joe's um social media handles, I will put in the show notes, and I also also put a link uh for uh the blog, you know, in the show notes. So just make sure you smash that link below. Uh, but Joe, yeah, this is fucking awesome. Sorry it took us so long to get you on. Uh, but you're always more than welcome. You know, on any kind of anything we do, you're always more than welcome. But uh, anything you want to tell the high fivers for a uh, in this this uh, malarkey? No, I had a blast, guys. It was really fun. And um, I feel like we were on longer than I guess we were on longer than I thought. So it went fast. But uh, this, yeah, this, looking forward this to is it. A, this, is a, this is a short night for Tom. Don't don't worry. <laughs> Well, it wasn't yeah, too bad. Medium range, so. Yeah, Joe, what's, what's, what, what's, what's, what's your favorite cereal right now? Right now? Um, that's a good question. I usually, I'll, I'll answer your question by just giving you kind of my basic Mount Rushmore. Okay. Um, and my basic Mount Rushmore is just kind of like my good stand, my good old like standbys I go to. Uh, kind of comfort cereals, if you will. Um, it's usually like Captain Crunch. Honey Nut Cheerios, Honey Nut Cheerios, Frosted Flakes, and um, I sometimes mix in Honey Bunches of Oats because that's about my level of adult cereal. So those are kind of like my four go-tos. When uh, we say Captain, know. is it all varieties of Captain Crunch or is it like strictly the OG Captain Crunch? It's either OG or Crunch Berries. So I'm I'm a peanut butter crunch fan myself being gluten free okay. there's not there what there's more options now but for a long time a lot of the cereals were not um produced so i've but like i've been on a, a little part of it is your blog and just like every now and then like Brittany wants to get cereal and i don't usually partake but it's like you know i'll get i'll get some cereal so like i got a couple boxes of cocoa crispies it's one of my favorites did the Cocoa Krispies with the chocolate milk and just, you know, put myself into a sugar-induced coma. Hmm. Now, my question to that is, have you made Cocoa Krispie bars? I'm not big on making the... I know the bars aren't difficult. And she, she went through a kick where she was big on the Rice Krispie treats. And again, they're not hard to make. They're easy enough to make. Um, we have done, instead of using Rice Krispies, use potato chips. So you okay. pr- you prep it all the same way, but you just use your favorite, like a ridges style potato chip. Hmm. Okay. You are, you're, you're fucking around with the like the Count Chocula and the the, the the seasonal cereal. Um. Sometimes I mean, because uh, there's a new one, I guess. There's like some green ghoulie lady cereal. I mean, there's what Count Chocula, blueberry. Frankenberry. Frankenberry, and there's a there's a new one. I don't remember what the name of it was, but I, it sticks out to me because there's a guy who does. I I found his work through doing wrestling shirts, and he lives a couple towns over from me. But his the shoot job, if you will, is doing like legit design work, and he did some work on like the the current runs of like the Count Chocula and stuff like that, like the boxes and stuff. Yeah, that might be up my alley here coming in October since uh, most of my reviews I do on the serial reviews are 
are very novelty based. So um, not your basic cereals all the time, but more like, you know, Sour Patch Kids cereal or chicken and waffle cereal. And you did the icy cereal, right? I did. Yep. Chicken and waffles, huh? Yep. They're the chicken and waffle cereal. That sounds bomb. It wasn't bad. Fucking bananas. So, yeah, make sure you check out Joe's blog. I need to. I do miss me some fucking Honey Nut Cheerios. So, uh, but high fivers. Uh, obviously, Joe, thank you so much. Um, appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll definitely do this again. Will, as always, I appreciate all you do. Uh, but high fivers, we will talk to everybody next week. This has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media. Envisioning excellence on a global scale.